بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا فسٹ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری So first a report in Behaki in Ishu'abbali Iman number 5661, Mishkat number 4328. Our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu she said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa intended to buy a slave. Thus to test him, he sallallahu alayhi placed before him some debts. The slave thereupon ate them all greedily. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereupon said, Anna kathrat al-aqli shu'mun. Verily too much eating removes blessing. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then returned him. Subhanallah. So here, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wanted to acquire a servant And what was the test? He, just, he basically just placed dates in front of him. And the would-be servant ate all of them. So the Prophet ﷺ, he returned the servant. And he said, Verily too much eating removes blessing. I is a sign of ill omen. One of the Hanafi sheikhs, he said, Remember, the more one makes his nafs habitual of luxuries, the more defiant and hedonistic his nafs becomes. For instance, when until the electric fan was invented, people were still able to live without it. Whereas now, some cannot live without air conditioning in some hands. So, it's absolutely true. Your nafs, if you feed it, it becomes strong and it wants more. And the shaykh was giving the example of luxury. So the principle is that once you habituate your nafs to something, it's very hard to go back. This principle is not just with food, but can be applied across the board. For instance, mobile phones, fridge freezers, comfortable beddings, etc. So again, you are, I'm old enough to remember that those who even had the hanfans back in the Muslim lands, that was considered a blessing. So you go into a dwelling and if they had the hanfan, a person would think, MashaAllah, he goes, you're living a comfortable life. But then what happened was, then you got the fun. Soon as the fun was put into the dwelling, now people couldn't live couldn't live with even the hanfan. They got used to the fan. And then of course, more recently, air conditioning. So now you ask the person, you, you know, get rid of the air conditioning, go back to the electric fan, you'd find it very difficult. So therefore here with food, the Prophet ﷺ, his statement was, Too much eating removes blessing, is a sign of ill omen. To help us with regards to reducing our intake of food, we should simply return to the sunnah. 
Abdullah ibn Abbas Rasulullah once indicated to his thumb an index finger and he said do not eat with these two fingers but eat with three I by including the third as this is sunnah avoid eating with five fingers as this is the practice of the uncivilized this is in Kanzal Oman number 40,872 volume 15 page 115 so there's a few commands here the Prophet he said don't eat with two your thumb and your uh, ring finger or your forefinger he goes eat with three use the middle finger and he goes don't eat with five because this is uncivilized mm-hmm. clarifying further Abu Huraira he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa eating with one finger is the practice of shaitan eating with two fingers is a practice of the arrogant and eating with three fingers is a practice of the holy prophets recorded by Imam Sayyuti in his Al-Jami As-Saghin number 3074 so how do you eat with one finger that's interesting so the scholars they say shaitan has long nails so he uses it as a kind of a fork so this is satanic when the people grow their nails and they use that to eat two fingers the Prophet is the practice of the arrogant that's why he said don't use the thumb on the second finger three fingers is the practice of the holy prophets it is however important to point out that our beloved messenger would occasionally eat with four fingers recorded by Imam Siyuti in his Jami as sahib number 6942 so notice to use the hands is the sunnah what about knives and forks it is permissible to use knives and forks However, it is far superior to use your hands and fingers. So now this is important. If you are in a scenario where there's ignorant people and they're using knives and forks and you want to apply the sunnah, you've got to use a bit of wisdom. If you start using your fingers, the ignorant ones will start talking and they will make statements if they're Muslims of Kufr. Because you're not civilized, what are you doing? What's this? You're backward. So straight away, you've prompted them to do that. So you've got to gauge the scenario. So obviously, there's no harm in using knives and forks. And in your heart, you want to use your hand, but you're protecting your brothers and sisters. So this is called hikmah wisdom. And similarly, you can say, sitting on the floor, if you go into a restaurant, and then suddenly you go, like, I want to eat on the floor and follow, is that wisdom? So obviously, they, you know, you've got to weigh up the scenario. But it's an interesting report. Hafiz Ibrahim Bajuri in his Mawahib Al-Dunya, page 114, he mentions, once food was served to the Abbasid Khalif Ma'amun Ar-Rashid with a spoon. The chief Qadi Imam Abu Yusuf said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Bani Israel, verse 70, وَلَقَدْ قَرَّمْنَ بَنِي Adam." Without doubt, we have honored the children of Adam. Then he said, O Khalif, in the tafsir of this verse, your grandfather Abdullah ibn Abbas said, we have made fingers for them with which they eat. Listening to this, Mamun al-Rashid refrained from using a spoon and he ate with his fingers. 
So if you picture the scenario, this is the head of the Islamic State. So there's nobody higher in terms of uh, political authority. He was Khalif Ma'mun al-Rashid. And he was given a dish and a spoon was given with it. We don't know what the food was. So the chief Qadi, Imam Abu Yusuf, look how beautifully he, he didn't insult the Khalif. He gave him knowledge. And not only gave him knowledge, he gave him the tafsir of the verse, which went back to his grandfather. So who was the gr- grandfather of Khalif Mamun al-Rashid? Abdullah ibn Abbas. Because they're the Abbasids. So he said to him, he goes, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, وَلَقَدْ قَرَّمْنَ بَنِي Adam." We have honored the children of Adam. He goes, your grandfather explained, we have made fingers for them with which to eat. Because that is the meaning of that verse. And look how beautiful the Khalif stayed away, left the spoon. And he used his fingers to eat. So this is actually in the Quran. <laughs> but there's no verse explicitly <coughs> mentioning. Use your fingers. Every hadith, there's a source for it in the Quran. And of course, the learned realize this. So now think about that. What does the Quran say? We have honored the children of Adam. Honored them. So this is part of honor that you use your fingers. And of course, the way to do is mentioned by the Prophet Another thing with regards to food. One should allow it to cool down. In Darimi in his Sunan, number 2037, Mishkat number 4241, Sayyidah Asma bint Abu Bakr is reported to have instructed that Thaleed should be covered when it was brought to her till the force of the steam had done. She said, I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, huwa a'azamu lil baraka. It is a great source of blessing. Let's look at this. So Asma bin Abu Bakr, the daughter of Abu Bakr, the father of, uh, the mother of Sari, Abdullah ibn Zubair, she had a, a sunnah. And the sunnah was that thaleed, thaleed is like, we call it judy, you know, like mixed broth with the flour. She would cover it with something until the heat, the steam left. So the steam was actually coming through the cloth. When the steam left the cloth, she would then partake. And she explained. He goes, Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Huwa a'azamu lil baraka. It, i.e. subsiding the steam from the food, is a great source of blessing. Mm. Now look at the wording the Prophet, you know, used, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He goes, a'azamu lil baraka. A'azamu lil baraka. A'azam means immense. It is an immense source of blessings. I to let the heat of the food cool. In another report, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Abridu Let food cool down before you eat it, for there is no blessing in the food which is hot. This is recorded by Imam Suyuti in his Jami as Sahid and Mazayd Ihaq number 4241. So, food, you should eat it when it's cool. Cool doesn't mean cold, it means that it's warm. You've taken off the extreme heat. The Prophet said, There is no blessing in the food that is hot. And in a Mursal report, he forbade eating hot food unless it had cooled down. This is in Behaki and Mazayri Ihaq, number 4241. 
And also in his other report, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allah Ta'ala has not enjoined upon you to eat fire. <laughs> he called it fire. So why? Because fire is hell. If you're not letting it cool down, you're actually consuming hell. <laughs> so the Prophet goes, don't eat fire. He goes, fire is not, Allah Ta'ala hasn't given you that to eat. It's for you to you know, use for other things. And what they've recently discovered is that this leads to various cancers. When people have extremely hot food, because the body is not designed to deal with extremely hot food. Your body is, a, is, is in a tremendous state of balance. But when you give it either extreme cold or hot food, it agitates it. So again, all news to us, the Prophet said, don't do it, and we're doing it. Astaghfirullah. And some people think it's a manly thing. You know, if the steam's coming out, they eat it. They go, look at that, he's a bloke. No, he's not, he's shaitan. Right? So look how shaitan beautifies what's, what's harmful for you. Another source of immense blessings is simply to pick up any food that is dropped. Now, you've got to explain this. If food drops and it is, you can pick it up and it's not, you know, contaminated, that's what's being referred to. So for instance, if you drop, let's say, a chip, and it falls into your eye. Obviously, you don't pick it up and then blow on it and eat it. It's fell into your eye. But if it falls, let's say, on the carpet, and of course the carpet is clean, then this is what's being referred to. What did the Prophet say about this? That Allah said, In Kanzal Umal, number 40,815, our beloved messenger said, وسلم, The one who picks up bits of food that have fallen on the dining mat and then eats them, he will thereupon live a life of affluence and his offspring and the offspring of his offspring will be protected from unwisdom. <laughs> so this is something, this is pure revelation. <laughs> no way on earth somebody could have worked this out. Mm. So what did the Prophet say? He basically said, if you have this noble habit of picking up food and you eat it, you blow upon it and you eat it, you will be blessed with a life of you know, blessing, your life will be blessed. And your children and your children's children will be blessed with wisdom. So how is that linked to all that? And the response is, this is revelation. So if you want something excellent for your children, you want to give them the blessing of wisdom, this sunnah activates it. Now, question, what if you do the opposite? You careless, you throw food away, then maybe this has the opposite effect. Hafiz Ali has related in Samaratul Awraq, volume 1, page 8, an eminent scholar of a hadith, Hudba ibn Khalid, was once invited by the Khalif of Baghdad, Ma'amun al Rashid. After eating, the Sheikh began to pick up and eat the bits of food that had fallen down. The Khalif was astonished. He goes, oh, Sheikh, are you not full? The Sheikh replied, I am certainly, but I have heard a hadith from Sayyidina Hamad ibn Salama, whoever picks up and eats fallen grains of food from the dining mat will be free from the fear of poverty. I am merely practicing upon this hadith. Highly impressed, the Khalif gestured to a servant who brought 1,000 gold coins wrapped in a handkerchief, gave it to Hudba ibn Khalid as a gift. Upon which he responded, the blessing of the Hadith has taken place instantly. 
So it's the same Khalifa. <laughs> Previous report, the chief Qadi told him to eat with his fingers. He ate with his fingers. Now he sees a sheikh of a hadith and he's picking food up. So obviously the Khalifa, what do people think? He's hungry. <laughs> You know, people say that. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll order some more. You don't need to eat from the floor. They'll come out with statements like this. So the Shaykh of the Hadith didn't get upset because he knew the Khalif, you know, he needed to learn. And he said, I'm acting upon the Hadith. And what did he say? That the Sahaba said, if you pick up food from the dining mat which falls, you will be free from the fear of poverty. <laughs> so look how beautiful the Khalif gave him a thousand dinars as a gift because obviously it's a Hadith. And the Shaykh of the Hadith says, Hadith is true. He goes, instantly, I'm being blessed with wealth. So you could argue, maybe the Hadith was just forcing the Hadith, but end of the day, the Hadith came true. If this was not all, Abdullah ibn Ummi Haram, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, treat bread with respect, as it is from amongst the blessings of the heavens and earth. Whoever eats a fallen piece of bread from the dining mat will be forgiven his sins. Recorded by Imam Suyuti in his Jami as sahib number 1426. So Allah also securing the forgiveness of your sins when you pick up the food. One should also not be ashamed to literally wipe the plate clean, to leave nothing on the plate. Why? In Ibn Imaj number 3271, Sayyidina Ubaisha, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever wipes the plate clean after eating, the plate will make dua for his forgiveness. <laughs> whoever wipes the plate clean after eating, the plate will make dua for his forgiveness. So obviously rationalists have problem with these reports because they say inanimate objects, how can they make dua? So our response is, the Prophet said it and it's true, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Quran says everything is doing the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you don't understand. So even pots and pans are making dhikr. Think about that. <coughs> How many plates have you got at home? They actually are programmed to make a dhikr. If you wipe the plate clean, that plate prays for your forgiveness. But what dua does it make? In Kanzul Umal, number 40,822, the dua is, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Free him from hell as he has freed me from shaitan. <laughs> oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, free him from hell as he had freed me from shaitan. So look how beautiful the dua. The food is not wasted. So the plate is troubled when there's bits on it. Because shaitan is going to have this. But when a person cleans the plate, the plate breathes a sigh of relief. He goes, oh my Lord, free him from hell. As he has freed me from shaitan. Look how beautiful the du'as of the plate. The commentator of the Quran, Mufti Ahmad Yar Khan, relates in his Miratul Manajih, volume 6, page 52. If the plate used for eating is left without being wiped clean, then shaitan licks it. If the plate used for eating is left without being wiped clean, then shaitan licks it. Shaitan takes the remaining most. So what's interesting? Shaitan can partake of your food even with Bismillah. How? If you waste food. So obviously when you take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he can't partake. But if you stop eating and you waste it, he starts partaking. So a lot of people are aware of the first uh, protection. They're not aware of the second. So if you waste food, Shaitan's having a field day. 
Astaghfirullah. And in, if you, <laughs> I was watching this uh, program, and in America there was a person and he lived off scraps. And what he used to say was, he used to go to these pizza places and on the bike he'd find full pieces. And he actually told one of the you know, reporters, because what, what pizza would he like? And then he thought he was joking. He goes, well, I wouldn't mind, the, you know, he mentioned a special pizza. He got it from him, from the waist. He said, what chocolate do you want? Dessert. And he goes, he goes, dessert. So apart from the humorous side of that, shaitan, you know, complete field day. Where's it taking place? You know, fortunately, it's not a Muslim land, but you probably get the same nine Muslim lands. In fact, you do. If you look at the harm, they unfortunately throw waste food everywhere. And then they bring, uh, you know, trucks in to clean up the mess. So imagine, you got trucks to clean the mess of the people who are wasting food in the haram. And what did the Prophet say about that? He goes, Allah Ta'ala will look after my ummah as long as they honor the haram. Is when they lose that, because they will lose respect. And that's the haram. So forget about anywhere else. So what an injustice. That every day literally tons of food are wasted and thrown into the refuse. Whilst at the same time, hundreds of thousands of people are starving to death. <laughs> to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our complaint. And this is why the learned Mufti, Mufti Ahmad Yar Khan, he said, in Miratul Manajih, volume 6, page 38, if every person left a little food on his plate every day, it would amount to pounds upon pounds going to waste daily. In short, there are many virtues in wiping the used plate clean. So people, what they do is, it's only a little bit of food, I'm not really, con you're contributing towards it. Pebbles make mountains. Like one of the saying goes, Chinese proverbs, pebbles make mountains. So if you look, yeah, you've contributed towards it. Don't mind you know, a little bit or a lot. So note, all of this is linked to your health, your spiritual health and your physical health. To further encourage us to imbibe this characteristic, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is dearer to me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to wipe the bowl clean than to give an entire bowl of food in charity. It is more beloved to me to wipe the bowl clean than to give an entire bowl of food in charity. This is in Kanzul Umal, number 40,821. Now think about that. How much charity can you give in a bowl? <clears throat> so if you fill it with pound coins, let's say, so if you got a bowl, I don't know, maybe a couple of hundred pounds, charity. What is more virtuous or more beloved to Rasulullah than giving a couple of hundred pounds in charity to clean the bowl? <laughs> now think about that. You know what charity does, how much virtues it has. The Prophet said, it's more beloved to me to wipe the bowl clean than to give an entire bowl of food in charity, meaning it's something that you should realize it's a great blessing to do this. And similarly, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever wipes the plate and licks his fingers, Allah the Almighty will fill his stomach in this world and the hereafter. This is in Tabarani in his Kabir, volume 18, page 261. So you wipe the plate clean and you lick your fingers. And there's a way to do this. Allah Ta'ala promises to fill your stomach in the world and in the next. Meaning it's a tremendous blessing for you to do this. So now what's strange? Shaitan will not allow these blessings to be easy. So what do you notice? As soon as a person starts wiping the plate clean, human shaitan's triggered off. What did they start saying? You know, you've heard them. Oh, shall I order another curry for you? He goes, 
In Abu Dawood number 3875, Mishqad number 4224, Sayyidina Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, he said, I was very ill once. I fell ill. Rasulullah paid me a visit, and he put his hand on my chest, and I sensed the coolness of my heart. He thereupon looked at me and said, You are one who suffers from a heart disease. Go to Harith ibn Qalada from the Thaqif. He is a Mus- he is a non-Muslim physician and he will prescribe medicine for you. But inform him to take seven dates from the Ajwa of Al-Madinah and grind them together with their stones and put them in your mouth. <laughs> so let's look at this. So Sa'ad's fallen ill. He was one of the ten from his paradise. He was so ill he thought he was going to die. In fact, he actually said, he started talking about his will. <laughs> But the irony was, he was the last of the ten to die. So he, if he had died, then he would have been the first. So he was very ill. And the Prophet ﷺ felt his heart. He goes, you got heart problems. Then he said something very strange to the Prophet ﷺ. First, he said something which is, you know, rational, you think, mashallah. He goes, go to a physician from the Thaqif. So this was a person who knew about the heart. He was a non-Muslim. He goes, go to him, get a message to him to give you some medicine. Now what's strange? The Prophet then told the physician what to do. He goes, then tell him, take seven dates of Ajwa from Al-Madinah, grind them with the date stone and administer them in your mouth. Now think about that. They actually went to this physician, so he was very happy. Oh, Muhammad thought about me. And then he says, yeah, he goes, uh, one of our brothers is very ill and uh, he, he, he's got a heart problem. So he's probably just about to come out with some medicine. And before he could even think about it, what did the Sahaba tell him? He goes, oh, and our prophets also said, get seven Ajwa days from Medina, grind it with the stone, and you administer that to him. Now, why did he do that? <clears throat> Because the Prophet, he was giving a gift to the physicians. In other words, he was in, uh, uh, um, encouraging him to embrace Islam. So he told him something which no non-learned person knew, but he probably knew. It was his field. So the Prophet said something like, you know, a special medicinal fact to him. He was telling him, seven days, ajwa, grind it, give it to Sa'ad. So now, leaving that to one side. What else do we now learn about Ajwa? 
Ajwa protects you from witchcraft, famous hadith. It protects you from poison and the evil eye. It also now is proven from this hadith that if you grind it with the date, it's a cure or at the very least it helps those with heart ailments. Okay, interesting. So how many different heart ailments are there? You can go right from the lowest, which is blood pressure, to, to heart attack, to the stroke. All of this is under the range of the heart. So one of the prophetic remedies for this, or medicines, is the ajwa, and it's seven. The prophet mentioned seven. You can't do two, three, six. You grind it together with the date stone. And what have they discovered in the date stone, which is interesting? Silicon. And this is used predominantly for heart medicines. So, how did the Prophet know that? We say, well, he's Rasulullah, he doesn't need to go to a university. But this is why that date is the most superior date. Every part of it is blessed. And not even the stone. People, you know, they respectfully get rid of the stone, but you can use that. And notice that Rasulullah was teaching the physician rather than the physician teaching him a subtle way of inviting him to Islam. So all I mentioned today was basically a few blessed reports with regards to health and eating etiquettes and manners. So not everything is detailed by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We simply have to get it into our lives. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah <laughs>